how far are you willing to go for some pussy? I think it's no surprise I'm willing to go the fucking distance. And the story I'm about to tell you right now, I guarantee you nobody, and I mean nobody, deserves it. Uh, ah, fuck. Let me not say deserves it. Ah, fuck. I mean, I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. Nobody is more desperate for it. That's the right. Yeah. Desperate. Yeah. That's yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Nobody's more desperate for some sweet lips than the king of disappointment himself. Bad luck. Barlow. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Everybody's Wrong. Take number six. I told you guys every three episodes, I'm going to tell you guys about the desperate or dark situations I put myself in for some sweet taste of that tang tang. And this episode, I'm going to tell you guys the story of how pussy or trying to get pussy made me drop out of college. I hope you guys are fucking ready because this shit is dark as fuck. So our story begins during my college days, my freshman year of college to be exact. I was accepted to NYU and trust me, I know what you're thinking. There's no way that the king of disappointment himself got accepted to NYU. I know, I know. But back then, I was actually a lot smarter and a lot more confident in myself. The only thing that hasn't changed about me, though, is I was never, ever, ever good with women. Never secured the bag ever. So obviously I told you guys about my Bumble adventures. This one took the fucking cake. I was trying to make a name for myself in my computer science major, telling people about, you know, all the cool ideas I had and shit. It doesn't help that I try to assert dominance early on. I created this message board for all of the people in my major, and I was literally just roasting the fuck out of everybody. Nobody was safe for my jokes. Nobody. You would think that that would help my confidence, but when you're a computer science major, you have kind of a lonely, lonely life. Mix that in with the fact that I'm bad luck Barlow, that just makes it twice as fucking lonely. So I'm swiping through Bumble and all of these girls I'll never, ever, ever get to match with. I come across this one. Her name was Tabitha. This one girl that makes me want to pay for Bumble premium. It is, is, is that, is that what it's called? I pay for it because this girl was fucking fine. All she put on her bio was that she's a voice actress. I scrolled through. It's a bunch of like anime stuff. And like, she literally liked everything that I liked. I, I couldn't eat. I could not make that up. I liked her so much. I showed my dorm mate this girl, which was probably a mistake. But you know, I, I don't learn my lessons. So I paid for it. And I super liked that bitch. I super liked the fuck out of that bitch. I was super liking her so fucking hard. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I, I might, might have thought about attempting to masturbate to the thought of maybe potentially smashing her. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying. Is that weird? I feel like that's weird. Not like beating off to her pictures or anything, but it, fuck it, fuck it. Let's go on with the story. A few weeks pass and I wasn't getting any matches at all. Trust me, I had notifications on and my phone was on ring. You know how sad your fucking life is when you keep your phone on ring and, and, nobody still hits you up. Nobody was checking on me. I wasn't getting like any notifications on Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat. I even fucking downloaded Grindr because I just wanted to know what it was like to be cared about by another human being. Nothing. One day I'm working on a group documentary. We were pretty much done, but we just had to add the credits and the effects. 
We were trying to get it perfect because our professor's one rule is that we cannot stop the film. And like halfway through our little group session, the sound goes off for Bumble. Yes, I had a specific sound for Bumble and it was her. She had matched with me. The only message that she sent me was an address. Bro, I got, I got up so fucking fast. I swear. I grabbed my flash drive and say peace out to my group mates. I fucking booked it. Mind you, she lived on the whole other side of town and I didn't have a car. I ended up jacking this kid's bike and just booking it over to her house. It took me a couple hours to get there. When I got there, I knocked and the door was immediately opened by another man. He said, you're late. Come in. I get in there. There are 10, 15 straight sausage fest. I remember saying out loud, never been in a gangbang, but <laughs> I'm ready to fuck. This one guy pulls me to the front of this like list. There are 15 other names and by everybody's name, there's a nickname. Mine was Nerd Neck. Nerd Neck. I recognize most of these names. These guys were in my fucking major. I had to sign in for some fucking reason. After I signed in, some other guy said, all right, if that was the last one, the instructions say to play the flash drive. We play the flash drive on the TV in the middle of this room and it literally went like this. You are in this house expecting to lay with the goddess Tabitha. However, you are not worthy. All men in this room have been selected based on their major deformity, which you saw as a nickname next to your name on the sign-in sheet. Tabitha is the goddess of charity, and she likes to fuck losers. Only one of you will get to lay with Tabitha, the most desperate man in the kitchen. Under the sink, there is a bowl of 15 slivers of paper. On each, they contain an address. At each address, there contains instructions from a backpack that says staff only. The first to complete all of their tasks will find the final address where Tabitha is waiting for the most desperate man. Good luck. You fucking losers. You pathetic pieces of shit. First initial thought should be, there's no way this is fucking real. But that shit was intense. This is basically a treasure hunt for some pussy. Everyone in this room rushed over to that kitchen bowl. I was the last guy to grab a sliver of paper. Luckily, my address on the piece of paper wasn't that far from where I was supposed to go. So I got on my bike and I fucking pedaled my ass all the way over there. I get there and it's a kindergarten in school. I see the staff only backpack on the steps that's leading up to the entrance of the school. Inside of the backpack, there was a cap and gown and a piece of paper with my instructions on what I was supposed to do. The paper read, you are expected by staff to give a graduation speech based on the topic of hope. The teachers inside believe you are an alumnus from this kindergarten. Your task is to give a speech about hopelessness and be kicked out in under five minutes. If you succeed, your next address will be revealed. I go in there. I could tell a teacher was stalling, just waiting for somebody. The principal tells me I'm very late and the parents are very upset and I need to get up on stage right now. I get up there and I notice a clock in the back says 1230 on the dot. Time was ticking. I said, kids, you've done a great job getting this far in life. There's so much ahead of you. Who wants to know what they have to look forward to? All the kids are like, me, 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 me. I said, raise your hands high if you want to know what you have to look forward to. Every kid in the room just throws their hand as high as they could in the sky. I said, now put your hand down 
down if you don't have a daddy. The room goes silent. I said, want to know something? Statistics show that those of you with your hands down are set up for fucking failure and drug use. Which one of you with your hands up knows what an eviction is? There are what, 30 of you in this graduating class? Yeah, only 15 of y'all are making it to high school. Eight of you will die and it won't be fucking pleasant. It's only downhill from here, kids. You think you made friends here? All of the friends and family you have in your life are fake pieces of trash. I bet your parents told you Santa was real. Hey kids, show of hands, which one of you stupid fucks thinks 12 reindeer can make a fat bastard fly in a red sleigh? Parents, hope none of these kids want to be scientists when they grow up because they look stupid as fuck right now. Kids, who believes in God in this room? If you believe in God and want to be an astronaut, guess what? You get up there and you let me know when there's a God up there, okay? If there was a God, he wouldn't give in you a whore of a mother and an abandonment of a father. Hey, Bucktooth in the front row, you look like a Billy. I'm going to call you Billy. Tell me, what did you gross in 2016? You look so fucking stupid. There is so much egg on your face right now. I would say you're just like your father, but you and I both know we don't know what that bar is. That was the moment they kicked me out. I go outside, see another backpack. Inside was an address, a doctor's uniform, and a badge with a fake name on it. The instructions on this one said, on the sixth floor, room 245, there's a woman awaiting results that she might have a terminal disease. She does not, but your task is to inform her that she's dying in the most unprofessional way possible. You cannot leave until someone laughs. It was around the corner again, so we're chilling. I put on the clothes and I dip. I get to the hospital, go up to the floor and knock on the door saying, doc is back in town. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how doctors enter rooms. I walk in and this woman's whole fucking family is there. They all look like the puffy eyes emoji. Her husband is built like a fucking bodybuilder. There were two older people there. I'm assuming her mom and dad. Three kids all look to be in their teens. The husband said, doctor, give it to us straight. How's she doing? Now this one was tough, but I said, well, I can tell you one thing. You're going to be a free man pretty soon, brother. Your wife is dying so fast. I'm going to be honest. She's dying at a rate that is scientifically impressive. Me and the other doctors were in our lounge talking about it. They have patients who are dying too. And we have horse race bets going on. You want in bro? I got the inside track. Your wife is not making it to the end of the week. I wanted to come in here and apologize and tell you guys that it's so tough and I'm sorry, but the nurse told me that your wife has been nothing but difficult throughout this entire process. Hope you're not an organ donor, ma'am. Cause them shits aren't going to be worth a dime. She's dying from a disease that literally 99% of people beat. That's just evolution, sir. Survival of the fittest. Your wife just seems to be a weak bitch. What? You want to take a look at an x-ray? To see what? Okay, yeah, let's take a look. Right here, you can see your wife is a beta-ass bitch. I wanted to buy you guys dinner or something, but hey, if you got that life insurance policy, dinner's on you tonight, brother. I know a spot downtown where we can fuck all the Taiwanese pussy we can for $10. Me and the other doctors call it a Taiwanese buffet. Don't feel bad, bro. Your wife looks like a solid six. You could do so much better. I mean, honestly, she doesn't look like she has much going for her. And ma'am, honestly, your husband's a scumbag because he's already on Bumble and it already shows his status as widowed. His bio says I work out and crush puss and I'm all out of gyms. I don't understand how your fate and your wife is obviously not in good health. You have no one else but yourself to blame on your dead ass wife. After I said that, a door opens up behind me and the real doctor comes in and says, who the fuck are you? I said, I'm the doctor here for this dying bitch and her family. He said, this woman isn't dying and you're too stupid to be a doctor. The whole family laughed and I dipped. I couldn't be there for much longer. I heard the doctor yell, security. I needed to escape. I found my way out to my bike and on the front steps again, there was another backpack. Inside of it, it said, last task. Report to this address, sit in cubicle four 
answer the first phone call. You will only be able to leave once your customer is satisfied. I get to the place, go inside, and realize this was a phone sex operation. Bro, I'm the least sexiest person ever, but I needed this pussy. I sit down in cubicle four, answer the phone, and it's a woman on the other line. She said, hi, I, I'm in need of assistance. I try to get my sexy voice on like, what can I do for your sweet butt? She said, I need help talking dirty to my husband while we have sex. I need you to tell me what to say while we're fucking. Immediately, I wanted to say no, but I really wanted to win the competition. It wasn't even about the sex at this point. I just, I just want to win. In case you guys don't know, I don't really win that much at anything. I said, all right, let me know when I need to give a line. I hear her start sucking her man's dick. Lord, forgive me for what I'm about to say out loud to these people who listen to my podcast. I said, you like the way I wrap my lips around your fuck stick, daddy? I want to feel your heartbeat through the pulsation of your nutsack. Hope you're ready to fuck the church out of me. She stopped sucking his dick and said, okay, I'm about to sit on it. I heard him say some foul nasty shit so it wasn't going to be enough to just say nasty shit i had to respond the conversation went like this you like my hard cock and your fucking pussy yeah poppy chulo i want you to pound my twat oh yeah baby i love fucking you mm, i love the way you fuck me like the dirty whore i am i'm your dirty little bitch daddy smack my face baby yeah how about you choke my neck you sexy hunk of man uh, i'm gonna come no don't come yet i'm not finished i need to rock your cock till i cream on it it's too late here i come Ooh, don't pull out i want you to give me your cream pie pinch my neck Nipples and spit in my mouth. You fucking pig. Ah, I feel so warm and gooey on my stomach. After that, she said, thank you, and hung up. I go outside, and I see the backpack again. This one just had an address. I get to the address, and I see another guy pull up at the same time as me. We both race inside to get there at the same exact time. We hear a woman's voice say, huh, I didn't expect two boys to show up at the same time. Which one of you deserves me? You see that painting on the wall? Take it off the wall, put it on the floor, and do a tribute to me. The last to come loses. So me and this guy are face to face on opposite sides of this painting, both beating our meat as hard as we can, trying to do a tribute to her. I'm getting pretty close, but it's getting down to the wire. I come barely beating him. No pun intended. He leaves and I hear a woman say, come upstairs. Your final task awaits. I get up there, go into a room and I see that I was fucking catfished. I saw the biggest woman I have ever seen in my life, but I wasn't about to just let this stop me from having sex. I had a long fucking day. I was going to tear that pussy up. Took me a minute to find the hole, but immediately upon entrance, I blam. She starts laughing. I said, what's so funny? I can go again. Just give me 19 minutes. I'll eat your pussy while you wait. She said no and kicks me out. The next day, I'm in my film studies elective getting ready for my presentation. My doormate comes in and says, hey, you forgot your backpack. I get up there, put the flash drive in while my group mates are giving the speech. The documentary was supposed to be about kangaroos or some shit like that. On the screen, the first thing we see is a beautiful woman guess who it was it was tabitha saying boys how far are you willing to go for the woman of your dreams welcome to the treasure hunt by barlow biederman the film then proceeds to play everything i did that day documentary style there was someone in the audience in the kindergarten graduation recording me roasting these kids. One of the teenagers in the woman's hospital room had his phone recording while I was telling a not dying woman that she was dying. Then we see a rather large woman, the one I slept with, call a number and I'm on the other line as a sex phone operator. The audio from only me talking 
plays. She was never having sex. Her and a man were just making the noises, making me believe that they were having sex. Mind you, every time my audio played, they put a picture of my face from my NYU ID card on the screen. And because of my professor's rule, we couldn't turn off the video. We had to finish the presentation. The next shot shows me naked standing over a painting that's censored. The narration said, The desperate man stood over a painting of the woman he wanted. This is a painting he ejaculated on. This is ritualistic in nature for the desperate man. It is how they show love and affection. Then, from the closet, it shows me trying to find the hole, struggling and pouting, while the girl says, It's okay, it happens. The film ends and everyone is fucking laughing and pointing at me. I look down at my backpack and I see that it says staff only. It looks like my roommate swapped out my backpack and put in a flash drive with this fucking documentary on it. I was so embarrassed, I, I ran out. I went to my dorm, packed up as much as I could, got on the nearest Greyhound and just left out to California. And there you have it. That is the story of how I dropped out of NYU. Months later, I get a message from an online group chat. That same message board that I made earlier. The message said, that's what you get for roasting us, you fucking loser. The whole thing was set up by the guys in my major. They wanted revenge. <laughs> They fucking got it. There you have it, guys. That's my story. Next week, we're going to take a break from the stories. I'm going to have a guest, and we're going to argue about what it means to be a pimp. A P-I-M-P to the D-I or, or E-N-D. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed the story. Uh, Wear a condom. Good night.